everyone. Welcome to the 25th episode of our second season. I'm Dana. And I'm Jim. Today we're chatting with Tracy and Tony of Croton Tapsmith. But first, beer. First off, welcome to the show. Thanks for having uh, us. Thanks for coming, guys. We, coming. Thank you for letting us come to yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> we came too. <laughs> Thank you for hosting us here. Uh, actually in my hometown. So this is a really special episode uh, for me. Uh, and for you guys coming in, and I think our the Croton community has welcomed you with open arms. Yeah, it's I think been you guys great. would agree with that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Thank to you. the show. We feel welcome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for welcoming Welcome back here. to your hometown. Thank you. Uh, and I'm going to let you, gonna let you guys kind of introduce the beer for today's show. We'll kinda sure. Go over where it's from and uh, ABV and... You know what the brewery is like. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. Who owns the brewery? Whatever uh, you guys know about. It's yeah, great. Sure. It's also a restaurant. It started off as a uh, restaurant okay. with a small brewery, and yeah. now they well, have an offsite facility. It's Millhouse. Yes, it's Millhouse. <laughs> what are we drinking? <laughs> what are we drinking? The Oktoberfest. What's the ABV? It's five point four. Five point four. <laughs> you guys are pros. <laughs> a lot of people don't know Oktoberfest is actually a beer brewed. It's a, this is a Marzen style. Yes. So we all know this probably, but maybe for the the listening audience. Right means it's brewed in the springtime yes. and then they save it over and they release it in the fall so it's an autumn beer yes even though it's a spring beer yes yes which i found fascinating when i learned about it it is anyway the, uh, the brewery millhouse we love those guys up in poughkeepsie you you know them quite well well so. i did a story on them and they have a chef this guy kid danny who's like 26 but he's like oh, wow. well he was 26 when i interviewed him the first time so he's probably 30 but he's killing it. They have a wood-fired oven. He makes all the sausages by hand, like oh, wow. kimchi sausages. I mean, like a whole crazy program. Kimchi sausage. Yeah, it's so wow. good. Everything he makes is like completely killer. The restaurant, it started off as a restaurant with a small brewery, um, is beautiful. Yeah. It's gorgeous. And it's right up in Poughkeepsie. It's totally worth the, worth the road trip. They were one of the first guys, Larry. Um, he's one of Larry the owners Stock. of the owner. Larry Stock. Yeah. Yeah. He came down, he's one of the first guys, we were still behind paper in here, covered in sawdust, and he actually brought a case of, I think it was Grocery Getter, mm. down here and said, hey, I just want to welcome you guys and anything we can do, and if we want you to show up for opening night, we'll be down here for you. And How nice he's is been, that? He's actually, those guys are so cool that even today, they call us and say, hey, we're coming up with this beer, that beer, that beer, you know, yeah. let us know if you want any and we'll place the order for you. Like they, wow. they actually will place the order with their distributor, who's Bertolini, uh, for us. So they, they actually come, they're really proactive. And that's one of the things, that, you know, there's a couple of breweries we work with that are super proactive. Them, uh, and they make fantastic beer. I think this Oktoberfest is, is one of the best ones I've had in a long time. And I'm not a huge fan of Oktoberfest yeah. beers. But um, the other brewery is Alewife. And Alewife yeah. has oh. been super proactive, super helpful to the point of, Helping bartend here when we're short because you know we're still learning That's what we're incredible. doing. That's yeah, incredible. Yeah, Patrick Fondelier, he he shows up and like pulls our knobs for those that, so to speak. Yeah. For, the, <laughs> for, the, for those that don't know about uh, the Tapsmith, we have doorknobs as our tap handles, and so we pull knobs around here. That's awesome. And serve balls. We hot handle, balls. We, hand, we handle hot truly. balls. Yeah. That's nice. Well, cheers to that. Cheers. Yeah, yeah, cheers. <laughs> Over the phone. Love you. Cheers. <laughs> Arancini balls to be more. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, we'll yeah. handle arancini balls for you. Arancini. But anyway, that's. I, I think. I mean, the, the point I I wanted to stress is that the breweries that are really proactive about telling their story and helping out a business like this. Yeah. I, I have a lot of gratitude for because there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff we don't know. Yeah. New to the industry, yeah. new to this kind of business, um, and they've been very helpful to the point of troubleshooting tap problems to helping get inventory straight, all that kind of stuff. And then to that point, um, I wanted to give a shout out to our friends at Burt's All House and Peekskill because nice. they've also been super helpful. Tim Reinke and his wife actually built our taps. Oh, Beautiful. wow. And so She's an artist, Cal Lane, his wife. Really? And, and she does metal sculptures. And so she made the little tap handle. Oh, okay. That whole yeah, little yeah. structure yeah. there. Yeah, oh, she wow. does uh, plasma cutting. She's a, um, an amazing sculptor. Wow. Out this of like is such oil a supportive community things. you've gotten it, into. Yeah, wow. it really is. Well, a lot of it, I mean, you got to give credit to Tony because over the years, the TV show that she's had, Tony mm -hmm. on New York, a lot of people have seen it, has focused on, you know, where to go, what to do, who right. to see. And a lot of those people, as we saw the craft beer industry sort of explode over the last what, eight years or so, probably, yeah. especially up here, beer, mm -hmm. craft beer tourism, mm -hmm. um, she started going on this 
road trip segment, and she would go to Sloop, or she would yeah. go to Hudson Suarez, Valley. or Hudson Valley, and yeah. so that's, you know, through that experience, we met all these people, mm-hmm. and as it became clear that I wanted to do something different with my career, she started saying, you know, maybe this bar thing makes sense, and I thought, well, that might <laughs> So my wife just said oh. I could open a bar. <laughs> what kind? What kind of parallel universe am I in? I'm still waiting for that day. Right. Your wife's already in a bar. Yeah, yeah, you're in a bar all the time. But uh, it really became um, kind of evident that these were kind of our kind of people. They're, you know, it's as you guys know, the community's largely full of people that are supportive. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, they're not necessarily competitive there's sort of you know, camaraderie yes. all, what is it a rising tide be. lifts all boats mm-hmm. kind of thing mm-hmm. and so that that was kind of our mentality is thinking where can we do this where we see other people that are investing in the community so when we saw 10520 we saw black rock kitchen mm-hmm. we know the fratelli's guys croton grill guys and we thought you know what when this space became available it kind of made sense to start thinking about how to build a little community in a, in a you know it's a it's a neighborhood pub with sort of local area appeal yeah People that are looking for the Hudson Valley are, you know, the story we try to tell is we're serving beers that are no further than about a three-hour drive from where you're sitting right now. Nice. The cans are a different story, but right, right here, the, the eight taps that we have are as local as we can possibly get. We stretched the truth a little bit. We, we did a southern tier at one point in time, and it's about Oops. a seven-hour drive. <laughs> we try to stay within three hours, and then, and then we try to stay within a community of, of breweries that we feel like want to be as helpful as we want to help them. Like yeah. we're selling their product, but it's also right. up to them to say, we want you to sell our product. Absolutely. Um, and that gets a little, it's funny, it's part of the learning curve that I think I've had is, you know, the distributors will say, well, I can give you that, but you know, we kind of like to sell some of this too. And I'm thinking, that doesn't fit my model. And so right. the, we've we've got everybody kind of in line to what we are selling here. And so that's stopped, but in the, you in the very beginning. You have to teach distributors what you want because they'll just push whatever on you. Yeah. And if you don't know, I mean, and there's tons of, there's tons of stuff about beer that I don't know. And so they say, oh, you got to try this, that, and the other. And meanwhile, they have a deal. Like if you sell 10 of those, you get like a hundred dollars. They're not going to tell you that. They're like, oh, this is a great beer. You have it. (laughs) Well, and then, you know, couple that with what we've learned about our crowd here is our crowd. And we never really thought this through. Our crowd does not necessarily involve the beer nerds. Yeah. I mean, maybe a quarter of our customers are kind of yeah. craft beer nerds a lot of people will come in and they'll sit right there and they'll say i drink stella yeah but i wanted to come in here because i heard it was a yeah. cool spot it's a new spot so what have you got for me and then i love people well, like that and then I, that's what the funnest part about this job so far has been walking somebody through when they say they like a stella mm-hmm. they only drink stella or they only drink mick ultra or something right. like that and i think oh my god what am i gonna do and then an hour later they're sipping on a sour beer Right, And right. they're going, man, I had no idea right. this existed. And I think, oh, success. That's awesome, yeah. I've broken you. Yes. I've broken, you know, broken <laughs> <laughs> Well, because they don't know this stuff exists. And so yes. they, you know, they love and Stella. they, they love intimidated. Beer. So right. if you come in and you're friendly and you're willing to talk to them, they feel comfortable. Absolutely. Right. And, and that's kind of, I guess, dovetail on that comment, too, is one of the things that I've really tried to do personally is not make this so highbrow. Yes. That I we I, I don't often talk about you know what hop is in right. a beer and right. on, it was fermented on a Wednesday right. by virgins you know because a lot of people don't care you know but some people do care and it's I have people teach me all the time yeah. there's a fellow that comes in here all the time it's so funny he comes in about once a week and looks at what beer we've got on the list and then what beer we've got in the refrigerator comments on oh that's a great one that's a great one or he'll say. Um, you ought to get this, you ought to get that. Yeah. Have you tried this? Have yeah. you tried that? And we had this little conversation. That's he's, great too. he's here for 10 or 15 minutes. He has yet to buy a beer in here. Okay, I was gonna say what? 10 minutes. He, he's not drinking. No. <laughs> He'll come in. Who does he work for? He goes over to the, ah, nobody, I don't think. Oh. He just comes in and goes, this beer, that, oh, I love that one. You should get this. Have you tried that? Have you, uh. And he'll come over and go, ooh, that's really good, that's really good. And then he'll go, all right, see you later. And he'll come in a week later. When we're done taping, you tell me his name. I'm going to find out who this is. (laughs) Does he come down to see you? Right, we'll figure that out. Let's back up a little bit. Mm -hmm. You guys are not from the industry, like you said. Right. No. Tony, you're from Massachusetts? Yes. Okay, found out a fact about you that I am astonished by, because I'm horrible at math. You got a perfect math score in your scholastic high school test? Yeah, and I graduated high school here early. What? Yeah. That's 
crazy. 800 math SAT books That's since I took it. That's so impressive to me. Thank you. Then you moved to New York, went to NYU. Well, I graduated high school a year early, managed to convince my parents that I needed to get back to my Italian roots and learn the proper Italian and moved to Florence for a year. By yourself? Yeah. At 16. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course I did. Um, and then I, and then, I then I went to NYU. And was in uh, Stern School of Business. Uh, you were also a model for Jean-Paul Gaultier. Jean-Paul Gaultier and Terry Mugler. How the hell does that happen? Well, you know, when I was in college, I was kind of like the door girl of all the cool During girls. like the club kid era in New York, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't call also me a club kid. But no, I was no, but during girl. that era. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> during that era. And so, you know, dressed like a crazy person, got hired by these guys, and... And I thought I wanted to go into fashion, and then my best friend from college, he went to Hofstra. It was my, my roommate's best friend, and we became good friends. He was going to Hofstra and studying television and communications, and he said, let's put together a little show. Why don't you host it? I grew up in a theater company, so uh, that was kind of always in the Okay. Most. So we, we did this show called On the Move, and we like broke into parties and interviewed celebrities and pretended to be from MTV. And <laughs> Just That's lying our way through it. Amazing. Jump cut now. Barry is the president of MGM uh, Reality. Oh, shit. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and so his first job was working for Joan Rivers. And so, because I was into fashion, this is before she did fashion, he said, Come on the show. You'll do a fashion report. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. He said, It doesn't matter. I went on her show, became a regular on her show at 21, and that was it. Well, you make that sound so easy. Well, but the thing is, though, working in television, like you work with a lot of different types of people that are kind of desperate to be on TV. Right. And when you fall into it, you're like, I can do something else, which I think is like in a way appealing to people that hire you because you're not like this crazy desperate person. Gotcha. You know what I mean? That makes sense. So yeah, I've been working on TV ever since. Now I'm 50, so that's a long time. (laughs) Long time. Tracy. Oh, you oh no. <laughs> well, I was on parole. <laughs> These skeletons are there. What can you find out about me? You're from Missouri. You went to a private high Ooh, school. Missouri. Uh, then you went to University of Central Missouri. Yeah. Um, broadcasting and film major. Yeah. When did you leave Missouri and come to New York? Well, so back up, originally from Portland, Oregon. Oh, so I'm did sort not of a okay. tree hugging hippie by okay. nature. My father got transferred to Kansas City. When I was about 12, my mother never forgave him because you leave Portland, <laughs> Oregon for Kansas City. Yeah. Um, I, the question was, what was the question again? I forgot. How did you get from Missouri to New York? N- Missouri to New York. Ah, that's a long story, too. So <laughs> <clears throat> I'll make it as short as possible for you in the audience. Um, I graduated from college and uh, backpacked around Europe for a year, ran nice. out of money in Amsterdam. Great place to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> bad place to run out of money. <laughs> and I came home and fell into a job. I'd been a, a radio disc jockey in college, and I fell into a job at a nightclub uh, being a DJ. Oh, I wish I had a picture of that. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. A lot of, you know, and literally mixing records with the, the whole DJ thing. It was funny. Just at the 90s. time, I look back on it now. Like yeah. a real DJ, not pushing a button and people Correct. do now. No, no, real like, yeah. vinyl. Mixing, mixing right. vinyl. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And had had never really done that before, but once again, kind of fell into it and sort of went, okay. And, you know, all of a sudden found myself surrounded by absolute vodka and various other substances that should remain nameless. Um, And I ended up, um, a buddy of mine, an old college roommate, had applied for a job at CNN and got offered the job at CNN, and she turned it down. Whoa. When she turned it down... This is when it was starting up. Yeah, this is... Well, okay. it had been on the air for a while, but this is, this is 1988 at okay. the time. Um, when she turned it down, I had a bright idea. I was like, wait a minute, we had the same major. We are both TV majors. And I thought, well, you turned it down. That means they're hiring. So I sent my resume, and yeah. literally a couple of weeks later, um, I get a phone call. And it was CNN, and they, they do a phone interview for a screener for what they call a VJ position, video journalist position. And it's literally a job where you're ripping scripts and running teleprompter and it's okay. you're lower than pond scum in the TV <laughs> spectrum. And I was at the time a disc jockey and I was a photographer at Hallmark Cards, wow. which is headquartered in Kansas City. So I, my minor I was, was okay. photography and so I used my minor to get a photo job. You might have, you might have bought one of his cards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Until about maybe 15 years ago, you could still find, I'd be like, I took that picture. Oh, that's um, so cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like, those are the cherry blossoms. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I ended up on this phone interview, and it was hilarious because they ask you about, they, well, are you a news junkie? And I'm like, 
sure. Totally. Sure. Do you need me to be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I can be anything you need me to be. You gonna pay me? Anyway, as the questions start, he literally was gonna launch into questions about world events. And I had a newspaper in front of me and it put me on hold. He goes, hang on a minute, and put me on hold. And there's hold music. And of course there's new, like the space shuttle was in its like 19th orbit and stuff like, so he came back on and he goes, all right, let's talk about, so what's going on in the world? And I'm like, well, the space shuttle's in its 19th orbit. And I literally recited like headlines because I just heard them and I'm reading them. And he's like, wow, you're really up on your news. I go, oh yeah, man, I can't get enough of it. And the next thing I know, about a month later, I was working at CNN in Atlanta. So I left Kansas City to move to Atlanta. I packed up everything I had into a 1978 Toyota Corolla, which was a box of dishes and a stereo, I think, and I think some clothes. And went down and I, I took a job. Uh, it was making six twenty-five an hour. Wow. $6.25, that's about $11,000 a year for those playing at home. And... I would order a one-topping Domino's pizza on Sunday and eat one slice of it every day oh till it was gone. That was my diet. Oh my I didn't God. have a beer for probably six months because I couldn't afford it. Wow. This is back in the day, which I realize it's back in the day, but you could get, I think you could get $5 out of an ATM. Yes. Yeah, you could get five bucks out of an yeah. ATM. I don't think you could do that anymore. No. Yeah. And so I used to get yeah. a $5 bill out of the ATM and I think, how am I gonna, you know, like you're buying a wow. dollar sandwich at the little at the bodega. Yeah. But CNN took me out of Kansas City, and sort of I never looked back. Um, what brought me to here was Atlanta to San Francisco. I got poached after uh, being part of the team that launched CNN.com. Okay. So this is ninety three, ninety four. Team was uh, that three guys? Yeah, there were about <laughs> ten of us. But uh, I got poached by Wired Magazine after doing that because they were just coming on the air with MSNBC. Okay. So Microsoft NBC had just formed a partnership and they needed people that spoke internet and TV. Mm. So I was sort of a unicorn at yeah. the time. So my entire career from then till now has been because I've been a unicorn. That's awesome. Um, so I went to work for Wired Magazine. I ended up falling in, into, uh, I launched what was at the time ZDTV, which became, uh, what did it become after ZDTV? Is that Mark Cuban's thing? No, 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 no. It was uh, Ziff Davis at the time, ZDTV, oh, exactly. and then it became, um, I don't know, Paul Allen ended up buying it. It's now some other channel, but okay. it ended up, it was the, it was a, a television network about the internet. That sounds... And it was literally 24 hours was, of like internet news. <laughs> it, was, it was the CNN of the internet. Okay. Wow. And it was um, a channel that went through various permutations. I'm sure. Anyway, then, and then Paul Allen bought it, and I, I would joke around, and, you know, Paul Allen, everything he bought died kind of and like these are bit it was a billionaire when he was still alive and literally as soon as he bought it and i reported directly to him it just sort of failed miserably anyway that led me kind of to new york and then working with uh, a travel company that is, had a partnership with national geographic and that's kind of when i met tony so long-winded story about i left kansas city to go to cnn wired magazine nat geo and, and then, then we here. started making but he was doing documentaries with Nat Geo, and so we started, we sold to Tribune, I was on Channel 11, it was right. an entertainment anchor at the time. So we sold to them the Tony On series, yeah. but it was like Tony On Libya, Costa Rica, Right. But Egypt. you were doing it before that, right? Or that no? was with him. She right. was okay. doing Tony Time, which was like a little segment where okay. it was Tony Time, and they'd be like, where am I now? I'm somewhere fun and cool. Okay. When I met her, I said, you know, if you... Well, first of all, you met me, and you're like, you're a reporter, I can't go out with you. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're all crazy. But I'm, about a week after I met her, I left for Antarctica. Uh, for eight weeks, and I told her, I said, if you wait for me, I'll show you the world, which she said, possibly the worst pickup line ever. <laughs> but I made good on it, and that's, her Tony time became Tony on, mm -hmm. and it was places I would drag her to, which was, I took her down to Antarctica, Libya, Egypt. But we would do these shows, the two of us, basically. Yeah. I'd steal his people. Yeah, yeah. I'd host it, I'd write it, he'd shoot it, he'd cut it. We'd made up people for the credit roll. The credit roll would be no all fictitious. That. It was like our, it was like serious? Our, yeah. People could actually do a show. It was our babysitter and like <laughs> a, guy, a friend of mine in college. That is so funny. <laughs> so the credit, we'd watch the show and the credit roll would go up. And we were like, how did you see these credit rolls? So and they're like, it was just she and I. Because so we couldn't do a credit roll like Tony Senegal, Tracy yeah. Che, Tony Senegal, Tracy, like we did it all. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of, the, so that experience right there is, you know, we watch shows now, and there's so much. It's kind of like what you're doing here. It's, there's so much flab. Yeah. You yeah. see all this yeah. stuff going by, and you're like, holy crap, because we're thinking we do a weekly TV show in these far-off flung locations, and it's just the two of us. Yeah. If you have the right combination, you can kind of get it all done, and you don't have to have all the 
fact. Right. Yeah. right. And then you have babies and it becomes Tony on New York. Right, right. Because you're landlocked. Dropped anchor. Yes. That's why yes. that happened. But also, okay. in the, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I was at Fox for various years and while I didn't love it there, it was production boot camp. You did four stories a day, you went yeah. live from the truck, you cut them in the truck, there's yeah. no time to look back. And that's kind of the model I did in my show with, too. It's like, shoot four stories a day, I don't have to go live, I don't have to cut it on the truck, it's like luxury. Yeah. But right. I do Learning everything. I mistakes. Pretty, right. yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've, well, and that's part of our team, <laughs> part of why we work as a team is that CNN was the same way. You yeah. had, you know, you had 30 minutes to do an hour's worth of work. and going to color bars or going to black on TV was not, was not an option. So you just you figured out how to get it done, how to get, you know, you got to be on air all the time. So we kind of understand this sort of deadline mentality. And that's, you know, it plays into what we're doing right now because you don't have to overthink things. Right, right. Kind of like the podcast. Like yes. you don't have to overthink it. You do, right. you, you do your work, you get it done, and it is and it is what it is. You don't have to overthink it. You have massage people on the show, you have a nice conversation, <clears throat> you have a good beer. Yeah, right. right, it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing bad about that. No, no, no. <laughs> when, when you guys were traveling globally, um, did you have the beer bug back then? Like if you were overseas, yeah, would you find a, a, a local beer or was had, this, did we, this come later on? We had the fun bug, that was for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I, probably me more so than, than Tony. I, I've always sort of enjoyed good beer and traveling all over. You, you know, I always soak, you know, soak up the, you know, the local, you know, Pilsner and yeah. Prague or wherever you are. Mm. I don't know that either one of us have ever had the beer bug of saying we want to have a craft beer business. Yeah. I think this was more a result of, and correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, this is more a result of me wanting to get out of the advertising business yeah. that I was in, and us also, you know, we've lived here 15 years, we thought, you know, what can we do that's local? Yeah. And I don't really have any personal skills to, you know, it's not like I'm going to open up a bike shop or anything. Right, I, you know, right, I don't have right. any skills right. to transfer into <laughs> right, this business. Right, right. I think the skills that I have anyway, and, and Tony probably does too, is I've had to deal with so many different kinds of people in, the, in their environment. When you're a, in, right. in TV, you know, you're, you're in a doctor's office, right. you're with an astronaut, you're, right. a, you know, you're with a homeless guy, you're with somebody who just lost their entire family in a storm. You yeah. know, you're with all these different emotions and personalities that, and it's, I say this all the time, you never know what's gonna sit in these chairs. And so you have to go, yeah. you know, does this person wanna talk to me? Do they want me to talk to them? Or do they right. want me to be left the fuck alone? Right, exactly, yeah. Like, <laughs> And you've got to kind of read people, and if yeah. you can't read people, this this job would be impossible. Yes. You have to look at somebody and and figure out what do they want, and then and then you've got to figure out how do I make your stay enjoyable. You know, there's also that part yes. of, of hospitality, and and I never really thought that through. Is is somebody sometimes comes you know somebody comes and sits by themselves, they kind of want to be yeah. entertained to yeah. some degree. And the first couple months we were open, the first month we were open, I used to come home, you know, worn out. I felt like Eddie Vedder every day, like going out and doing a big performance, and then you got to get up and do it again yeah. because you come you home and you're just crying. You're behind the bar. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's tough. And I never really. Th- I, it's funny. I had this notion of this being this <laughs> sleepy little couple of guys come in. They'd have a beer. Like cheers. They'd like get Sam a, yeah. behind the bar. Right. Like, what do you want? <laughs> then, you know, you'd have a beer, get a four pack, and you'd leave. Yeah. And I never really thought through having it be four deep. You know, on a Saturday night where you know it's it's chaos. Yes. It's and I thought, you know, when did this happen? But I, I just I never thought this as a bar bar. I thought right. of it like it's a little grocery store. You're gonna come in, right. get a four pack, have a pint, say hi. Which one of you first was like, let's open <clears throat> up a bar? Well, I kind of felt like when I took, I had a guarantee for four episodes of my show 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so Trace was like, you know what? I'm going to like get the advertising job and do that thing and kind of be here. Yeah. Let's, let's I was traveling about 300 days out of the year, so... Wow. And we were freshly well, married. I think when I was like, the mailman started looking good. <laughs> exactly. So it was, I sort of gave up what I was doing so that she could do what she needed. Right. Yeah. And so 10 years later, I'm like, you know what? It's your turn. Oh, So nice. it was kind of her idea to what's, what do you want to do? Yeah. And, you know, fishing wasn't an option, so <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to make money doing that. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of Tony saying, okay, you've for 15 years I was doing something I've totally... Uh, ill-equipped to, you know, any boss that I've ever had says you don't belong in an office. I don't belong in an office. Yes. I've always been a free-range chicken. Yes. 
Um, and for 15 years I've been in an office and successful doing it, but it's a brutal industry. I don't know how much you know about the advertising world, but it's brutal. A little bit. I watch Mad Men, so. It's, yeah, it's without the cocktails. Right. So, and the suits. But it's, and, and as I've gotten older, you know, I'm 54 years old, and as I've gotten older, there's, there's young people that come in that they don't want to do their, their time. Yeah. They, I would interview people for a job in my department, and they'd want to be, you know, the well, boss. I want to make, uh, you know, 125, yeah. and I'd like to have Fridays off, yeah. and I'm thinking, fuck right. you. Yeah. <laughs> and they have the balls to say it. That's yeah. the other thing. That's it's crazy. one thing to think it, but you say it out loud. No. What is wrong with you? Yeah, I, I just, you? It, you know, so that part of the that part of the industry was brutal because you know, you've got younger people coming in that expect that don't want to pay their dues. Yeah. And then you've got your peers who either want your job or they're trying to position themselves. So every, there's all these bows and arrows flying yeah. all the time. And not being a political creature, I, you know, A, I don't candy coat things. So there's not the, you know, Tony would always say, just play the game. And I think, I can't fucking play this game. Yeah, yeah. If you play this game, you quit. Yes. You, like, you, you've given up yes. if you play this well, game. Well, I guess the games are different. My game is different than your game. So to me, playing the game, like, I just always deliver. Like, yeah. you never have to worry about me. Like, right. I fly under the radar, but it's a different game. No, in, in the advertising world, if you always deliver, somebody looks at you as a threat. Right. Because you're always delivering it. So then they work against you. Like, you, yeah. you know, if you're yeah, too successful, people hate you. And if right. you're not successful, people hate you. Right. And it, to me, it was just unwinnable. And so we started talking about, like, what do you do for your next act? Yeah. This, I don't Here know. We are. And this kind of <laughs> happened a little bit by accident. I mean, we, you know, we poked around at buying an existing uh, couple of different places. When that all fell through, we almost kind of gave up. Yeah. Because... I don't know that I could wrap my mind around building a, building yeah, a space yeah. and, and doing it in a correct way that made sense. Like right. doing it in a way that you have all the stuff you need. Right. Like there was no plumbing here. We Yeah, there was no plumbing, no electricity. I mean, there was electricity. but Because this was a barbershop. Barbershop and a, and a locksmith, locksmith right. for 30 years. But the barbershop had no running water? It had no, water, but no. They have drainage and all that kind of stuff. You oh. No, they each had a bathroom with a hot and cold running water. That's all That's they it. had. Okay. So we had to electrify everything. Oh, we, we had to go into the floor, which there's no there's no uh, basement. So we had to trench the concrete and wow. run plumbing. Anyway, so it, like that work. was to me that was overwhelmingly yeah. sort of how do you build out a space? Yeah, how do you not knowing it? what like, you really how need? Do you, right. Well, we right. Fit, we so, fell into a great, yeah. great guy. So great guy. a fellow by the name of Ross Chambers um, has a he's an artist. And he does, a, he does his own art, but he also installs art, and he's just a genuinely creative guy. But, like, how to take a week off to install the Basquiat exhibit in the city. That oh, kind of stuff. Oh, wow. Right. Okay, that kind so of So we, level. through mutual okay. friends, got introduced through our friends at Birdsall, actually. Tim Reinke introduced us um, to Ross, and he's the guy that built the bar at Finn and Brew. Mm-hmm. And he built a bar at Gleason's. Okay. But he doesn't build bars. He just doesn't He doesn't build bars. He just like, he enjoys he does it building bars. Fun. Right, right. <laughs> So we got introduced to him, and he came over to this space. This space got offered to us. Do you guys want this space? Wow. And we didn't really we know. We were looking at a different building that they were like, oh, we can't give you a long-term lease. And then those same owners own this. Okay. And said, hey, the leases are coming up. And we, and again, we had kind of given up. Yeah. And we got like, a phone call like right. months, months later, later saying, yeah. are you guys still looking for a space? We went, yeah, kind of. Yeah. And they, they, the owners of this building brought us in here. And a couple days later, after I said, yeah, it's kind of interesting, I brought Ross in here. And he kind of looked around and goes, yeah, we could do something in here. And literally, you know, there was a wall here where we're sitting. That was another retail space. Okay. This was another retail retail space. We took this place down to the studs. Yeah, Yeah. that's a support view. Yeah, I mean, this was a wall. This was a wall with electricity (laughs) and plumbing in it. And so (laughs) the landlord moved it. All the plumbing went here. The electricity is down here now. But, and originally, he was going to build the bar. Right. And then it became he and I behind paper in here, sort of loving and fighting and crying and drinking. Well, I'm also like, I'm like, let's take down walls. Yeah. And I had someone on my side this time. Yeah. Because this yeah. guy's like, you're going to take down walls? Yeah. I, again, I, again, naively, naively, I thought, well, we'll just paint the place and put it. No, no, no. We'll put a kegerator in here. Fuck, how hard can this be? I know. Right? And the sign beer is here. I'm like, no, it took me four months to pick out the bar stools. That, okay. <laughs> This wall, I mean, the art is our friend Emilio Zamora, who's amazing for, out of Beacon, but that was there. We chipped it up and funkified oh, wow. it a little bit, but the, so cool. yeah. the yeah, wall, that was, was, that was there. Nice. Like, that's a treasure. Like, we're, yes. we're, like, we're looking yes. for treasure. Yes. But, now, conversely, we opened up that wall. Oops, nothing behind <laughs> it. And it was, like, sawdust and old nice nests and stuff, so we ended up, so we spent, we spent a week tearing that wall apart and another week putting it back together. <laughs> so, so mind you... 
literally the you know the clock is ticking. We went from I, I went from painting up here this blue right here mm -hmm. to the next day selling beer. I mean, we went wow. Like, the clock the was ticking. Well, there was a point in time where we said I, like, I, I, that I, that white door right there is still primer. Well, I also said to them, I said it because Ross is an artist, so yes. he's like making love to the bars he's building there, right? <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, by the way, our inspection is next week. Yeah, so hurry it up. Yeah. <laughs> well, you had to slot into... You had to, you had to give a deadline. You had right, to give it's kind of like a, a ship coming into port. You yeah. had to say, we're going to be ready on Tuesday for this, because right. the inspector would have to come in. And if you weren't ready, you had to circle back around, right, and it right. was two Tuesdays from now. Yeah. So we had to get everything lined up. The, the stars had to align, and we had us working in here. And then the building owner, he had his guys working in here because we had to install an ADA compliant bathroom and, you know, there was fire code issues and things like that. So there were crews in here yeah. doing their thing. And I, meanwhile, you know, meanwhile, we're running plumbing and all this, you know, all the guts of this place. And it got, it was, uh, it was tense. That's it was crazy. Tense. There was, I cried a little. <laughs> so I know you guys said before you want to do local beer like three hours away was your thing. Yep. The food has also become like a big thing as well. Well, somebody wanted to, and no offense to the Somebody. Boiled, somebody. No, no offense to the boiled peanut lovers out there. No offense to the boiled peanut lovers out there, but I'm like, I have a show about food. The food needs to be good. Right. So first we called on my friend um, Julia Delegata, who owns Arancini Bros. Okay. They're out of they're out of Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. She is the number one seller at City Fields. Wow. Wow. Yeah, they're amazing because it's like French onion soup. It's grilled cheese and tomato arancini. I mean, like they're funky. There's corn jalapeno, like really funky flavors. So first I called her. I'm like, we need the we need hot balls. Everybody needs hot balls. We need hot balls. We need hot balls. Stat. Stat right now. I was like, all right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I had no idea. First, I was handling them. French onion too. Hasn't heard the scenario. Um, As you right, should so be the only one. Well, I and mean, we had like John Pratt did a couple of things for us, and then we have the guys from AMS make buffalo mac and cheese balls. Like, so we kind of yeah. like just curated this like tasty bites. Yeah thing that's all reconstitutable because we don't have a full kitchen. Right. Yeah. Having covered restaurants for 10 years, the one thing I knew we did not want is a full kitchen. Yes. Yeah, we didn't yes. want a restaurant. You yes. can, this place can run with one, two people. Yeah. You know. I often am in here alone on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. And, you know, making and the pizzas. And I'm at home eating you're, you're, you're often the two people that are here. I'm often the two people that are yeah. here. <laughs> often. Yeah, so the food idea was to curate local stuff. And so we do the pizzas. I went to Neapolitan Pizza School last summer during hiatus. Right. Wow. City of Caste. And so we make the pizzas at Arthur Avenue. Nice. I freeze them, reconstitute them here. And that brings us to the wood-fired oven I just yes. bought. That's awesome. Yeah, so hopefully we'll have that outside every Sunday. We have a meeting with the board on Tuesday to discuss that. We have permission to do it once a month, but I want, I'd like it every Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Who doesn't want pizza out of the oven? Right. And how sexy is the oven? Yeah, that's very, very cool. Yeah, right in the street. So they yeah. didn't give you any guff for like parking that out there? Well, you know what? They they made it very clear they have never allowed anybody to do this before. Uh, yes, I know that. They're anti-food truck. But it's not a truck. It's an oven. Yeah. It's yeah. a wood fired oven or a trailer. And it's yeah. like, we put it out here the day before our uh, summer fest. People are like, what's that? What's going to be happening there? Because yeah. it's just cool. It's like theater. Yes. Yes. You know? There was, yeah. a, there was a line 100 people deep at Summerfest. We fest sold for out of 400 pizzas in like four hours wow. at Summerfest. Because wow. also, it's that good. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's... But yeah. people, are come, people are coming in here now for... We have people come in all the time that don't even order a beer. They'll come in and say, can we have two pizzas? And they'll drink water. And I'm thinking, hmm... <laughs> but the pizza, people say you guys have the best pizzas in the area, and I mean, it's not, it's not even us saying that. No. It's people coming in saying you guys have the best pizza in the area. Because it's different. Mm -hmm. It doesn't exist. Right. We yeah. have to go to Dave Nabari's place, the parlor, and Bob's right. yeah. to right. get that yeah. pizza. Right. That's basically yeah. the closest. That's the closest. Right. There's no other Neapolitan-style pizza up here. Because everybody's used to the, you New know, York style. New York style, yeah. family style, yeah. you know, Domino's-esque. Without, <laughs> well, there is no bad I'm pizza in my say, book, but that's, gonna, that's a different story. That kept I me said alive. it. That was Dana. Dana said right. <laughs> As I say, pizza kept me alive. Right, yeah. right. One yeah. slice a day. Dominoes yeah. that. One slice a day. You would days. think you would be sick I, of pizza by now. So I, I go back to that story. I lost 60 pounds. That's not good. On pizza. No, I lost 60 was, pounds eating one done. slice of pizza a day. You were chunky, right? Okay. No, I wasn't. You know. It's a polite way to call you fat. Yeah, okay. I didn't know it was fat. Matthew's told me this story. 
That is so funny. Um, yeah, so the, food, so the food is curated local, the beer yeah. is curated local. We're trying to really be sort of, you know what we're seeing, just long story short, is we're seeing a lot of people coming up in the city at, at any given time on the weekends, this place is half full of Brooklyn. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We get Brooklyn, we get Yorktown Heights, we get Terrytown, we get Garrison, Beacon. Yeah. So on the weekends, not necessarily the weekend, during the week it's very much of a local crowd, but we're seeing a lot of people coming up, you know, they're going kayaking. Oh, okay, they're going gotcha. to see the dam. Okay. You know, they're gotcha. coming up there yeah. and they're they're doing Hudson Valley beer tourism. Yes. yes. Side part of our business was the beer and belly tour, but that was with we're Sean seeing, McCann, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we still do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So we're seeing a lot of people coming up, and then they come into this. They've never been here. Yeah. And they'll sit here and have a few beers and say, "Where where should we go?" And they, they, you know, they don't know anything about maybe Peekskill Brewery, yeah. or we'll send them to other places, and. I think the idea for us is if you want to drink the Hudson Valley, loosely interpreted from Queens to Finger Lakes and to, you know, yeah. Kent Falls, right. you know, but anyway, I mean, we've interpreted it as a sort of epicenter of... I mean, like a Newburgh Peekskill, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's Hudson Valley, yes, but if you want to drink the Hudson Valley, I always say if you want to drink the Hudson Valley, you can do it here. Yeah. And then people will drink here, or they will have just gone to industrial arts, and they'll say, oh, you got Ranch on, or you got... Yeah, one, yeah. Like, and so we've kind of tried to either dovetail on people that have been places mm-hmm. or people that are going to want to go places yes. Yes. and try to be that resource to say, you know what, you've got to go to Millhouse or yeah. you've got to go down to Alewives, see our buddies. Sounds like you guys are like the meeting place. Like, where have you been? Where do you want to go to? Like, all that conversation happens mm-hmm. here. That's very cool. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people that live in this village have compared us sort of to the black cow saying, you guys are like a coffee shop with alcohol. Yeah. Which yeah. is well, a compliment. Yeah, I think I'm like, that's yeah. a great thing. People do. They come over with their laptops. You know, yeah. they get on the Wi-Fi. They hang out. Um, one of the things that I've seen, too, and I've, I've, I've gotten both sides of the coin, we don't have a TV in here. And more people than not say, thank you for not having a TV. And at any given time when I'm in here by myself, everybody's talking to each other. Yeah. I don't see a lot of people on their phones yeah. just sort of ignoring their buddies. Right, right. They're, they're not. They, they're literally communicating with each other or a total stranger. And so for That's me to rare. see that, I, and I love it because you don't go do that very often. Yes. I mean, I know when we go out sometimes, we're both on our phones, and, we're, and, I, don't, and I don't know why, but for some reason, people strike up conversations here, yeah. which is nice to see. All you need is Phoebe in the corner with a guitar singing Smelly Cat, and you're good oh to go. Oh, my God. I was like, who's Phoebe? I got it. <laughs> <laughs> we actually want Phoebe playing the sitar. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm actively looking to book. A, everybody wants to have music in here or, yeah. you know, poetry slam or whatever. I don't think the place is big enough for, you know, trivia and things yeah. like that in right. bands. I would have somebody play sitar and tabla in here. I would do that. Please let me know when that happens. We had that <laughs> on the altar at our wedding at Old St. Are Matt's. you serious? Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. I'm a recovering Catholic, and I, I hate <laughs> pipe organ. Like, I feel like it sounds sinister. Oh, it does. It sounds sinister. <laughs> every horror movie. Yes. And so <laughs> yeah. we were in a, in a Catholic church, Old St. Patrick's Cathedral down in Little Italy, and yeah. I said, I can't have that Here Comes the Bride play it on that fucking yeah. thing. And so we booked a sitar and tabla player, and they sat on an Indian rug on the altar. That's so cool. And everybody came in, they were like, you know, yeah. like, I feel like everybody was getting high. I don't know. And we were married <laughs> by an Indian priest, so yeah. it just, you know. Yeah, yeah it was great. Oh, that's, that's really that's cool. That's a whole nother story. That goes. That's oh, God, that goes deep. <laughs> Next show. <laughs> so we ask uh, this question to all of our guests. All right. Uh, first beer you've ever had. Not like craft beer, you like first beer way back. you ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rolling anyway. Rock, Rolling Roll Rock. Rock. My brother drank Rolling Rock. I had two older brothers. Out Did you sneak trope. it? Or? I'm not going to tell you how old I was. Okay. <laughs> well, I didn't see he gave it to me. Okay. But okay. I don't think my parents knew. Okay. <laughs> Mickey's Big Mouth. Nice. Mickey's Big Mouth. Have you ever had a Mickey's Big Mouth? Are we talking about Mickey's Malt Liquor? Or Mickey's yeah. Liquor? Comes in the grenade. Yeah, Comes in yeah. the... Yeah. Looks like a grenade. With Did the... you sneak that from your dad, or was it? No, no, no. I snuck brandy from my dad. Oh. And then I used to replace. It. I used to replace <laughs> it with water, and then he'd be like, "Why is there water in my brandy?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Dad. I did the same thing. <laughs> no, it makes a big mouth. I'll, I'll never forget it. And then I got introduced to Miller ponies. Okay. The little nice. Miller, the eight ounce, I believe it was. Yeah, little ponies. Yeah. You get an eight pack of ponies. For real cheap. And that's yeah. I don't. We weren't old enough. I lived so we went to. I went to high school on what was called State Line Road at Rockhurst High School, and so Missouri was where we were. Directly across the street was Kansas. Oh, wow. And in that day and age, when you were 18, mm-hmm. you could drink 3-2 beer. So we used to go to a barbecue joint that was literally catty corner to, when you were a senior, you could leave campus. Yeah. So I used to go catty corner, we'd all get my 61 Cadillac, and we'd drive across the street, basically catty corner, to this barbecue joint and drink 3-2 beer at lunch when we were seniors. Nice. So that's, and I don't even know what we were drinking. It was probably some horrible rock gut, but... I had a fake ID. 
Right. <laughs> I'm from Louisiana, so the drinking age was 18 when I was Ooh. 18. Didn't change to 21 until I was 20. So same thing, senior year, you could leave campus. I went to university high school on LSU's campus. So we would go to a bar during lunch. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a bar called The Chimes, and you can do around the world. And two of my friends did the around the world our senior year with the beer. <laughs> there's a plaque with their names, and I showed you my friend Will's well, name, and you yeah. were like, wait, you guys were in high school? I was like, Maybe <laughs> <laughs> the afternoon more fun. That's so funny. What was your first beer? My first beer. Uh, Does anybody ever counter ask the question? Never. You're the first people. Nobody's yeah, ever I'm asked us that. A journalist. I have to know. <laughs> you should what have had an your, answer ready. Yeah. Natty Ice in college. Ooh. Again, from Louisiana, my first drink was a daiquiri. Um, 18. Well, drink. we didn't say first drink. You said first beer. I know, but that's oh, why like, yeah. my first beer was Natty Ace in college, because I was drinking before that, but just not beer. It was never on my radar. But college, you have no money, and Natty right. Ice is cheap, so right. it was disgusting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I was a freshman in high school, my brother was a freshman in college, so we were four years apart. Okay. So I went up to his college, Stonehill College, in northeastern Massachusetts, and my parents stayed at a hotel, and I would stay in his dorm room. And uh, his two buddies down the hall, Rich Kafori was one of them, they pretty much kidnapped little Higgins and they brought him into their door, <laughs> shut the door, and put an old Milwaukee in Oh, uh, old mill. Yeah, big 40. Yeah. And they were like, start drinking. <laughs> and my brother was like, is my brother in there? Like, no, Tom, go away. No. I think my brother's in there. <laughs> Shotgunning old swill. So I'm just drinking that. I come out, he's like, let me smell your breath. And I'm like, no. He's like, are you drinking? He's like, yeah, we give him some beer. He's, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Uh, Isn't that yeah, when they cool. made you play Edward Forty Hands? No, that was on my, my Do you know college. this game? No. Edward Forty Hands, no. Tell them the game. Two forties, clothing envelopes, two forties per person. Yeah, we see that. Okay. And some duct tape. Okay. Oh, boy. And you got to have a girl that's willing to help you relieve yourself. But, like, like well, yeah. As you do. Like, no, legit. Like, one does. Can you handle my fly? Like, I need to pay because I just had two 40s. That's, uh, a 40 and a marry a girl and, and I can't we'll do that for you. <laughs> so you can't uh, detach until both 40s. Until they're empty? Yeah. yeah. Wow. No, I never yeah. played that. I, I Shout out to Don Blado. Thank you for helping insane. me. We didn't do cups or anything. We did quarters. We played quarters. Yeah, quarters was our game, game, but I'm I'm old. We did quarters. I don't quarters. Drink just I just drink. everybody just else played quarters. It's, it's funny. It's funny. We'd sit at the table. People play quarters. I'd be like, yeah, that's cool. Wait, have a conversation and drink. I never understood drinking games. Um, upcoming events. We have Oktoberfest. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Tell the listeners what they can expect from that. Hopefully, well, uh, the it's a village run event. The first and Saturday, October fifth. Saturday, October fifth, from twelve to eight. There's going to be a tent starting at the Dummy Light, thirty by sixty Beer Garden. Nice. Extending down there, we have three bands. We have Hungry March Band, which is this Fellini-esque band out of Brooklyn. It's like oh, twelve people and like two twos playing Oompa music. It's awesome. Yes. And then Dimitri who played at our wedding. Dimitri, yeah, actually, the guy who played at our wedding has a blues band in Beacon. Yeah, awesome. and lives in Beacon. And we just awesome. reconnected with him just. By happenstance, Randomly, he moved from Brooklyn to Beacon, to Beacon, and he, awesome. they came in here the other night to drink, and we were like, you're Dimitri, and he's like, yeah, you, what? <laughs> and, and literally, came together, and he, he's in a blues band, and we said, you guys want to play Oktoberfest? He said, sure. So they're going to play, and then... Awesome. Um, the Blue Chips. The Blue Chips are going to close They're going to close it out. it out, and everybody loves the Blue Chips. That's great. But it's going to yeah. be about 12, 13, 14, 15 restaurants. That's amazing. Yeah, and about eight different breweries represented by us, Grandstand, Green Growler. Green Growler, Grandstand, and us are going to be pouring beer out front. I don't know who else, but we're going to be all together pouring beer, which is nice, too. I love that. We're in the craft beer. Like, yeah. You know, we're all sort of yeah, trying to community. row in the same direction. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Like, but we have out-of-towners, like David Barr is going to be cooking over fire. Nice. Matt from Pulpatina is going to be cooking nice. up here, too. Yeah. We've Jordan like, from the Red Line Jordan. Roadhouse. He does a if fantastic Oktoberfest menu. Line Roadhouse, no. Oh, my God. Where's Trace, we went there for lunch, and Trace is like, this is the first place we've gone to in ages where we haven't complained about anything. <laughs> oh. Not to the people, but Red to Red Line Roadhouse is, um, you know where the, um, what is it, the Curtain Colonial? What's the name yeah, of that restaurant? Yeah, if you go up nine and you don't go towards Bear Mountain, you keep okay. going straight. The first exit is Highland. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you get off of Highland, when you go down the hill, you take a... Row a hook. That, I know where it is. It's, yeah. And it's like looks like a biker bar. It's like a biker bar. That was our home golf course. I played golf with the pro when we go up to Highlands. I know exactly. It's amazing. What, what kind of place is this? Sure, he does. You can get like escargot and oh. like it's like a dive. You, you, you pull up at any bar. given day, and there's a bunch of Harley's parked out front. And you serving like, escargot? Yeah, and, and the bar, <laughs> and the, the bar is like central casting with like the woman who's been drinking Chardonnay all day. Like it's perfect. <laughs> you know I mean? It's like so great. Starting at ten. Yes. So great. Like being like big giant glasses. Lipstick <laughs> is like awesome. Yeah, but it's awesome. But the food. 
dude is legit. He is a serious chef. Check it out. We gotta yeah, go. Chef and Jordan. He, he's a great his, guy. His Oktoberfest menu down. is yeah. Redline Roadhouse. Off the hook. So it's a good stop on the way back from like Hudson Valley or something. Yep. Awesome. Oh, yep. it's so good. And they do music there and stuff like that. So he'll he's be here. He's a great guy. I don't know what other restaurants. Pulpitina. Oh, well, we all the upper villas. So okay. 105 20. Nice. Patelli's. And is it Pro all day Grill. long? Wait, what time to what 12 time? To 12 to 8. 12 to 8. I've got Black Rock's going to do it. So all the upper village ones. But okay. then you have like Paul Vooney from, um, from, what's our, the, I'm totally blanking on the Italian place right near us. Uh, Fino. Fino, yeah, Fino. He's like, I am an Italian food snob. Yes. Fino. Cheers. Is amazing. And when I was doing a preview for Westchester uh, Magazine Food and Wine, whatever, they were like, oh, you should go to Fino. And I pulled up. I'm like, I can't go in there. I'm on the phone. I'm like, it can't be good. <laughs> it's right next to the food town. Yes, like, I know exactly and, 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 like, where no. my dentist is. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. no. It can't yeah. be. And I went in. I was like, wow. Yeah. Makes his own Legit. pasta in the basement. Like, literally hand makes like his own pasta. It's like the Cadillac of pasta oh, machines. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. No, he's so good. So, so anyway, yeah. So Oktoberfest is, Exciting. it proves to be a, um, it's an event that nobody knows really what to expect. Because, I mean, Happened. Nobody's yeah. ever done it's it before. It and sounds amazing. Susie's though. at the door. Oh, she wants her blue hat from last night. <laughs> Hang on, let me get it for the you. Party goer from here. last night is back. Um, <laughs> Left her blue hat. <laughs> it is, sorry. Oh, Should we give hard. a shout out to Susie? Oh, is that the birthday girl? It's just the doorknob that's locked home. Sorry, everybody. I was listening no, at home to the. No worries. No worries. Susie, we're doing a podcast. No. Susie had a private party. Here Happy last birthday, year. Susie! Happy birthday, Susie! That's awesome. Um, any other events you think going on? Well, Did we're you want to um, give a shout to? we're probably Tone. Any other yeah. events? We're talking about having our own pizza oven. Okay. Yes. Maybe extending our brand out to doing private events. Yes. Well, because yes. we've become, you know, during the summer, we did this in Asper Parks. Mm-hmm. We did pop-ups there. Yeah. And so Pat Fondler from Alewife would come okay. and serve beer and we'd yeah. serve wine and cider and stuff like that. And it was very successful. So I was like, you know, we get the pizza oven. Yeah, we can do it here. But now yeah. we've become like a full unit catering. Like yeah. we get your yeah. beer, we get your wine, we get your cider, yeah. we got your pizza. Like, you heard it here first. Private parties. Come yeah, here, guys. again, again, it's another. Uh, but another... off too, we're doing our first. We're doing our first private party on the eighth at somebody's house. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. But again, it's another um, example. Pat Fondler, Alewife, has a vested interest in getting his brand out, mm-hmm. and has kind of taken us under his wing. He's been in the industry. I mean, he's. He's, he's... probably responsible for craft beer happening in this area. Yeah. You know, single-handedly. Um, he's gone out of his way to deliver kegs at 11 o'clock at night to wow. pour beer for us at different events. Plus, he's DJ Dirty Santa. I mean, there's yeah. nothing not to like about that. He's but he's just, it's one of those guys that, you know, you say, hey, do you, do you mind helping pour beer for us at the whatever event? Yeah. He's like, no problem. And I think he's made of metal, so I, I don't know. Be. Like, he, yeah. he has to be robotic to yes. some degree. Well, and he's a, he's a cutest daughter, too, and so our all these events, she goes and hangs out with our kids. It's right. great. That works awesome. out. Yeah. Great things going on. Um, what are your hours here so people know when to come in, when not to come in? I'll let Tracy answer that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm overgetting a beer. <laughs> the hours are when Tracy's here. <laughs> and that is. Stop by and look in the window. If he's behind the bar, there are. Oh, open. and the address so people know where we are. All right, we're at 129 Grand Street in Croton on Hudson in the Upper Village. The hours are roughly 2 to 11. Um, I say roughly because there are days where we open a little later because we know there's not much traffic going on. It doesn't make sense to be open if there's not going to be anybody in here. Uh, weekends are a different story, 12, 1 o'clock till midnight. So we're not the late bar. We try to kind of, you know, we have kids. Yeah. I try to get home at a reasonable hour. Um, That's pretty late for Croton, though. Croton's not like a oh, yeah. at all night town. Yeah. We're, yeah. yeah, we're often the latest bar open except for Grandstand. And people usually leave here at 1130 or midnight and then go yeah. close, close Grandstand yeah. down. And so we, you know, and we like to share audience. Uh, she's, she's doing a lot of, Alexis is her name, the owner. She's doing a lot of craft beer down there. Um, so we like to try to share yeah. our craft with That's her. Awesome. Went to high school with her. Big Did shout really? out to her, yeah. She's yeah. doing a great job taking over her she's father's great. bar. She's yeah. great, yeah. And the fact that she's got craft beer in there, it's great. Mm-hmm. She's got some great selections. They yeah. do? Yes. Oh, yeah. Cool. check that out. So you guys have eight beers rotating yep. on tap from all delicious breweries from our local area. Uh, and then we have a can selection. Yep. So we have a side-by-side fridge over there. Um, 
you know, where are you pulling from for the cans? How far out are you guys going? Well, that's, that's a good question. What I'm really trying to do in here for the cans is cover off on some styles. What I don't want to do is poach my draft business. Yeah. So I'm trying not to have the same beer, but I might have the same brewery. Okay. Like right now I've got Millhouse Oktoberfest, but I've also got Grocery Getter in the, in the fridge. So if you like yeah. Millhouse, I can say, oh, there's some Millhouse. Right. But I'm also, like, I don't have a stout on right now, but I've got a southern tier yes. nitro and stout you, in the you can. you should add that you can yeah. drink the canned beers here. Sure, yeah. No, you can you take it away. You can drink it here. It doesn't, there's no canning fee. There's no cool. corking fee, whatever yeah. they call it. Whatever they call it. Um, but that's more covering off on styles that we don't have. You know, right. AOI's Mexican lockers right. in there. Yeah. So anything that I think people should try, right. or if they really like, you know, they really like uh, the Barrier Sloop gravy, right. you're going to really, really like uh, money. Yes. So yes. all the Barrier's money in there. Which so is really good. We were in Burlington drinking a lot of Sloop. <laughs> yeah, oddly enough, yeah. Every, like every bar has like five Sloop <laughs> kegs on. You're like, are we home? What's going yeah. on? <laughs> But uh, yeah, we so we the cans. The owner, I'm like the brewer. I'm like, yeah. we're drinking Sloop. We're in Burlington. He's like, I love that. Can you send me a picture? <laughs> That's funny. Good job, Turco. Yeah, the cans are just meant to augment. If somebody likes something and they say, "What do you have?" The, you know, yes. The, the craft beer industry has gotten very fickle, I believe, um, in as much as nobody has a favorite beer anymore. Right. So they'll drink a, they'll drink a wrench and right. they'll go, oh, I love wrench. What do you have that's like that? Yes. And I'm yes. like, well, I have, well, what I have exactly like that is wrench. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. in lieu of that, right. try this. Yeah. And, you know, so everybody wants to try the next thing. And I, we do have a few people that are checking off the box on untapped. untapped and yes. Yeah, yeah. And so they're going through a list. So the cans, to answer the question more succinctly, is meant to say, okay, you've had that beer. Right. Try this one now. Yeah, that's smart. So it just that's covers off on a little bit more of a yeah. sector, a little bit more of a... Uh, uh, that makes style. sense. Yeah. I love it. Um, I think that's everything we've covered. Nothing else new coming up. Just want to make sure there's nothing else you want to shout out. Anything going on? No, I, don't, okay. I can't think of anything. It's it's early on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and we're drinking. Yeah. Well, thank you again for letting us come here. This has been a lot of fun. You guys thank are you. completely fascinating in your own right and together. And your stories are crazy. You're like, oh, I did this. This just fell on my lap. Like, oh, okay, I guess. <laughs> Didn't think life worked like that, but that's amazing. Well, it's, you know what? I feel I I feel very lucky. We've had I've had an, an a career that's been interesting to me. Yes, which a lot of people don't have that, and yes. I feel very lucky um, that I feel like I've been at the right place at the right time yeah. for a lot of things. And I kind of feel the and same way about this. Yeah, you know, and I'm a, and good, bad, or indifferent. I feel like a grown up. Like yeah. I. We're making decisions based on grown-up things. Yes. Not, yes. not wants and desires, but more like what needs to happen. And for just starting this not that long ago, it's already amazing. Like, I've already heard from other people how much they love this. And just from you saying that people stop here, and from hearing it sounds like it's like the meeting spot. Yeah. Like, these guys know what they're yeah. talking about. Let me stop in, ask these guys who are thinking of this beer. I'm going to go here. Have you been there? What's going on? Like, that's awesome. And for people to come here and not be on their phones... And to be talking mm -hmm. in 2019. That's know, huge, crazy, right? Yeah. That is huge. Yeah. Um, so listeners, if you're thirsty for more, where can they find us? You guys can listen to us on the application or at the website that we record the podcast on called Anchor. Shout out to Anchor. Thank you, Anchor people. <laughs> Anchor, we love Anchor. Uh, <laughs> Apple, Google, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast. Pocket Cast, Podbean, and Radio Public. Thank you guys for joining us, and we will speak to you soon. Bye.